Well, welcome to today's episode. I am interviewing Brenda, and Brenda has a small business that I would love to have her share with you all about what it's like being an entrepreneur, what it's like specifically owning the business that she has in uh, daycare, and then we'll just see where it goes, see where the conversation goes. So can you tell us about your business, about what you do, and how you got started? Sure. So uh, I, I am very fortunate in being able to uh, bring to our community um, a really nice child care center that um, provides uh, child care for children ages six weeks to 12 years of age. Um, we like to say that uh, we come to child care in the vehicle of education. I'm an education major. So everything we do and how we look at um, caring for children is really steeped in what is an educational road and trying to help prepare them for formal education. Um, I actually got started uh, after I had my own children and understood more of what the, what the magic was um, for children um, in the ages zero to seven. I'm, I'm actually uh, a secondary education major. I was a history teacher with a political science minor and after um, I stayed at home with my children for 12 years because I couldn't find childcare, um, right? It suddenly dawned on me that in the in the realm of education, the ability to make the most impact is really in those early childhood years. So I worked really hard, uh, you know, after I went back into the workforce and saw a lot of great uh, preschool programming going on. And then I also saw a lot of not so great preschool programming and um, childcare uh, need in our community was just overwhelming. So, you know, I, I say that, you know, I, I grew up on a dairy farm and uh, my family was very entrepreneurial in that, in that realm. I understood that some of the basic components of being an entrepreneur is hard work um, and trying to make sure that you're putting out your best effort every day, even when you don't feel like it. Uh, there's a, there's a solid. <laughs> uh, creating systems so that sometimes you can just show up. Exactly. I'd like to say milking yeah. cows is a really good uh, example of how you have to milk them twice a day. And if they don't care right. if you don't feel good or if you're not like feeling up to it. So I feel like a lot of my um, inner strength of the entrepreneurial uh, muscle and brain is really steeped in um, that dairy farm uh, background and experience and uh, just being surrounded by entrepreneurial. My dad eventually opens up a trucking company. And um, so I think genetically I was I was uh, positioned to be an entrepreneur. Uh, the other thing that uh, really helped uh, root what I do is, you know, understanding um, the need for child care and the impact it has. Um, I, I remember seeing a meme one time, it said, maybe we should stop um, trying to pull people out of the river and maybe we should go back up to the end of the beginning of the stream and see where they're falling in at. And that's really what wow. early childhood education and care is about. I'm at the beginning of the stream. I'm, I'm there to try to help um, littles and, and families um, stay from falling into the river and and, you know, uh, as a secondary ed teacher, I really thought getting out of college, I was like, I can make an impact because I'm going to get these kids ready for college. Unfortunately, so much of their personality is kind of 
set by the age of seven or eight. And some of the things uh, you would do in a secondary ed class is kind of see if we can line them up and hope for the best because a lot of things are already solid in their, in their human development. So much more impactful in the zero to seven and, and making a, a difference in a person's life from an education standpoint. Those are all big things. Yeah. And I really appreciate your perspective, you know, and this perspective that you have on all of it. One of the questions that comes to mind is when you were first thinking about solving this problem, how obvious was it that you were called to do this? And, and what were some of the things that were coming up for you in the beginning? Sure. It was, it was really something that like, um, I would like to say, like, I just kept traveling down the path and uh, my first um, opportunity was I, I joined a Christian preschool here in Mount Horeb. And uh, Mount Horeb was like one of the only communities in Dane County that didn't have four-year-old kindergarten. And um, the impact of four-year-old kindergarten in a child care center is huge because it actually gets the school's resources in sooner, um, like kids that might need speech or, or occupational therapy. A child care center doesn't have the resources for that, but by bringing in a school district program, we get, like I said, up, up the stream faster and trying to identify children that might need some of those special ed services. And, uh, you know, there's just so much power in collaboration and, and it, mm -hmm. especially in, in early childhood. So I, I worked really hard with um, that uh uh, group to uh, say, hey, we should do this 4K collaboration thing. I, I've done it in another community. I know how 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 to make it work. But you know, everybody. I one of my pet peeves is hearing, well, we've always done it this way, so oh, we should always do ouch. it this way. And ouch. I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't do that, and it just doesn't work for me. So after five years of that, I decided, you know wow. what, I'm I'm taking my little 4K. Uh, boat and wagon, and I'm going to go to the the Middleton Cross Plains School District because they were doing 4K collaboration and they were, uh, you know, reaching children the way I thought children in in the field should be reached. Um, it actually became really uh, a painful experience for me because every time I left the village to drive to Middleton, I felt like I was running out of my own children, and I have a strong sense of community. And I really felt like um, I was, you know, just kind of stabbing, stabbing what I felt like I could have been more impactful for and taking my services elsewhere. So, you know, about a year or so teaching in the 4K uh, Middleton Cross Plains District, I started, I, I found a church that was locally, they still had a classroom space. And I went before the entire congregation and I was like, you know, I would just like to start a little 4K program because we need 4K in this in this district, and children need to start, you know, having a more focal educational program to get ready for all day kindergarten. So the church let me. They were very benevolent, and um, you know, I I worked that program, and then the childcare explosion thing happened, where people would call and say. I need childcare for a three-year-old. I need childcare for a baby. And I'd be like, well, I take care of 4K and, and school-agers. And, and then it became a, a personal thing when people would be like, well, I'm not moving to Mount Horeb then because you don't, ha you don't have childcare. And I'm like, well, 
I, I think I can help you. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. So that that's where the next step comes in, where um, we we think about building um, a full service center like I had worked in in Middleton. And so it was very good that I had that experience because I had never worked in a group child care center until I did my Middleton um, Cross Plains 4K job. And so I understand components. I understand, I understood things then about group childcare that were not good and ways to make group childcare better. So with that knowledge, uh, my husband and I got brave and we did uh, kind of a, uh, uh, a risky uh, finance of our dream where we took money out of our 401k and mm -hmm. our program is called a ROBS program, Rollover Business Startup. So, um, you know, we, we really felt that um, our future was so entwined with, um, you know, helping our community. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we took a, we took a, I guess, a gamble and, and used that seed money um, to start up. Um, and we, we built a big red barn because that's what I grew up in as a child. And so it pays homage to uh, my roots of being a, a farm kid. Um, it's very Wisconsin because we all love big red barns and children especially love big red barns in Wisconsin. <laughs> and so we have a lot of fun and, and play um, on that whole uh, idea and, and bring that brings that home, to home here. I love it. I love it. Are there cows in the building? <laughs> I would love cows, but it's a licensing uh -huh. thing. You know, I have so many rules about that. So yeah, no cows. <laughs> so the two of you were in on it together and you're looking at your retirement and you're like, okay, we've got this opportunity to just, you know, keep the money in here and continue to do what's quote unquote normal, you know, maybe what, what other people would say you should do. Mm -hmm. And instead you just had this calling to your heart and you were like, but this is where we're called. We got to do yeah. it. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, once you find the path or the, the road that you're supposed to be on, um, it's weird or amazing how doors just open. Um, and recently I, um, I, I was listening to a podcast and they were saying, you know, at the end of the day, like they envisioned themselves dying and, and sitting down with God and, God um, said to them, you know, you know, and maybe this person didn't didn't live their full dreams or didn't do their potentials or didn't take the big risks and their life um, wasn't as big as, um, you know, they, they knew it could have been or should have been. Um, you never want to get to that table and God hands you, slides you a piece of paper across the desk and says, this is what I had planned for you, mm. but you didn't, you know, take those risks. So I really feel like at the end of the day, when if or when I get to the pearly gates, God's going to hand me that plan. He's like, you actually did more than I thought right. you were going to do. But, um, you know, that's what I'm hoping. Wow. I know I'm on his right plan, at least, you know, and um, it, it's very powerful. I, I feel like if you if things don't work out, that wasn't your plan. That wasn't the piece of paper mm -hmm. God was handing you, you know, and and mm -hmm. your goal is try to get to what was that paper that, that, what was his plan that he had? So can you dig in a little bit here with me? If there, there were any times where doors didn't open that you thought you really thought this was the plan yeah, or that it should. Sure. And there was just, 
it just didn't open. Yeah. Like what in a, what was that like? I think um, during my during this journey in starting the child care center, um, there was a, a time when we did have we started up another center in Cross Plains. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, a large group like it felt really uncomfortable for me spreading myself that thin the whole time, but I kept trying to shake it off as like, you know, oh, it's okay. It's just another, another risk Mm. and another step. Um, But, uh, you know, because I am not a a business person, I, as far as like, I don't have a business degree. I I, I don't have a lot of formal um, business information. I've learned it. I've Googled it. I've lived Mm it. Um, some of the things that uh, I think fell short um, with that, in, in addition to COVID, which was was the final oh, straw for, for that center, was, you know, it was really painful when I had to close that center. Um, I take my commitment to children and families to the heart. Um, but, but I understand in business, like there are good business decisions and then there are bad business decisions. And we were at a point where we were, losing uh, so much money. Um, and then after COVID hit, we actually finally, usually by year three, when you start up a childcare center, by mm-hmm. year three, that's where we just had started cash flowing. Then um, COVID hit. And um, I would say we had a center at that time of 90 children. After mm-hmm. COVID, we could, there was only 20, 25 children coming back. So many people up in Cross Plains had lost their jobs. Um, it was just a different, uh, a different zip code than the Mount Horeb zip code, a different, uh, you know, employees and employment employers up there. Um, so it was super difficult, um, in November of 2020, uh, to, to close that door Mm. on that facility. And there's where I kind of felt like, you know, is this really the business for me? But, um, in hindsight, it was a business lesson in like, in the fact that, yeah, this was, it was a hard thing, but you have to still keep in mind, like, does this make sense for the business, the overall business? Mm-hmm. Is this sustainable? Um, and, and that was hard. It was a hard lesson. It, it certainly was difficult, but it also gave me the mindset that you should really uh, shine the, the gem you have and, um, mm-hmm you know, really appreciate things. You know, we did have families that followed us down into uh, Mount Horeb from the Cross Plains location. And um, actually it's kind of weird just within the last probably 30, 60 days, we've had two or three families who've come back to us (laughs) from the Cross Plains location. So, you know, that, that makes me feel good. Like, you know, they didn't be like, Oh, teacher Brenda, you just, you know, we, we don't, we're not very, happy with you and we're not going to come back they're they're returning um and they understand covid covid just kind of messed up a lot of stuff but i think especially for business owners and people with jobs and kids at school i mean like all the things it's the perfect storm and you you hit that wall and you can start to second guess was this the path um Mm -hmm. but you you really have to and, and chalk it up as the the lesson or the blessing was, you know, I've learned more about mm-hmm. um, what makes a good business owner. And the, the um, they used to say like, it's just business. And that used mm-hmm. to bother me. And 
It still does to a little bit because what we do here can never be just about business. But when you have to make big decisions, like can I afford to keep this um, business going for the sake mm-hmm. of the corporation and, and uh, for the sake of everybody, then you need to move forward with the correct business decision, which is, I'm sorry, we have to close this facility. That is tough stuff. Like major props to you for, you know, that was not that long ago. I would probably be still ugly crying when I told the story because oftentimes it's easy to look at it and not, not refer to it as a lesson, but look at it more. I mean, I, there was a business that I was a part of for, um, let's see, I started it when I was 18. It was my parents funded it. It was their idea. And then they said, Hey, do you want to run this? And so I said, yes, thought no, but said yes. And I just got the message. I'm no longer involved, but I just got the message that they're planning to shut it down. And there's like this moment of grief, you know, where it's like, these are our babies. (laughs) This is not just a little, you know, even if I'm not the one there anymore, I still, that was my heart. That was, you know, there was a lot that went into it. So, um, major props to you for being able to, you know, look at it and say, okay, this was the lesson and, and picking yourself up again and saying, okay, I've got this gem. We've got this, you know, what we have, let's take really good care of it. And so mentally, emotionally, how many years have you been a business owner and how is that different than anything else that you've done before that? Sure. Um, so I, I really, we started everything in 2013. So this is year number 10 for me. Um, it's kind of hard for me to even remember life before I was a business owner. Um, like I said, I was a stay-at-home mom, but uh, for me, a stay-at-home mom, I was a Girl Scout leader for 12 years. I uh, was on various um, committees um, in the village. I sat on the youth uh, center's board. Um, so I I kind of couched that uh, I was a stay-at-home mom with a little, like, tamper because I, I still was, uh, running many plates and platters spinning. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it was all like, uh, actively with my, my children, you know, the, I was involved in these activities because these were where my children were, uh, a lot of, uh, hours donated to the school, um, and, and Girl Scouts. So, um, I would say that all of that experience though, really funneled and helped me, uh, you know, create what we have here, you know, a center that's just child-centered. Every day is an opportunity for learning and making memories. Mm. Some children are in group childcare 50, 60 hours a week. So we are really, we're tasked with creating childhood memories for them. I was just at the job fair in Mount Horeb High School, and actually some of my uh, original little Vikings that were school-agers at the time were, uh, came over to my table and they're like, the ones like, I remember, I remember going there and having to carry a watermelon every summer. I have the the kids walk to the grocery store and try to carry a watermelon back to the center. And we have about an 80% success rate, but (laughs) this, this child was like, and I remember we dropped it and it smashed all over and you went and bought us another one. So, I mean, that's great. I mean, he's like a a sophomore, junior in high school, and he remembers dropping a watermelon on the street, walking, 
back yeah. to the center from Miller's that that's fabulous. That's, those are the things that, um, are really, you know, I, I task my teachers do something funny, do something zany, you know, um, I had one teacher that she once in a while will down like one of those T-Rex costumes and just walk by the lunchroom open door and kids will be like, did I just see a T-Rex go by? <laughs> but she won't go in. She'll just make a couple passes and then take her costume off. It's it's just a stitch. And then you hear them go out the door. There was a dinosaur at lunch. And the moms and dads are like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're creating this culture where you're really encouraging even the teachers and your staff to get into it and, and own the vision with you. Like this isn't just show up and do your job. This is, who are you being? Yep. Who are we called to be here? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, it, when you think about how much of a, uh, a span or how much time, uh, childhood is in the span of a person's lifetime, it really is like a blank but so many things mm -hmm. can go good or so many things can go bad that will impact the next 80 or 90 years of, of that person's life. So it's, it's a huge responsibility. Um, and really our, our main goal is every day to have fun and learn, learn through play. Mm, that's beautiful. We deal with a lot of um, belief systems and helping people, you know, really find who they are in belief crew and, and then what are the belief systems that are holding them back and sometimes there's stuff from childhood is really the stuff that we end up going back to, you know, so that, that space that you're dealing with is definitely a pivotal space. Oftentimes, you know, it's, um, one moment yeah. that we get stuck on one thing that was said by someone yeah. that creates that pain. And so I really, um, am thankful for the experiences I have six boys Oh my heart! and I, <laughs> I just, at this point, I've decided that I'm probably going to do something wrong with each of them unintentionally, yeah. you know, and that good thing there's healing available <laughs> because like we can get through this yeah. um, because, uh, yeah, they're all so different oh, yeah. that the way that I respond and react is um, not the way they all need it to be. <laughs> Let's say it that exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, if you knew that someone was considering going into business, what are some of the things that you would ask them to consider? I would say, um, make sure you get people who, um, really know things more than you do. I, I really, uh, credit, I have a job coach from the small business development center. Um, and that's free. And um, it, it has helped me uh, several times because my coach knows a lot of the business stuff that I didn't know. Um, I always tell people, get yourself a good banker because you're going to mm -hmm. need somebody who can finance, help you finance your dreams and also, um, you know, be there for advice and kind of help you navigate some of the financial world. Um, I always say you have to have a good accountant and you have to have a good attorney. Those are all professions that you definitely need to have, um, have access to. Um, and, you know, although I, I haven't had my accountant, I, I have lots of, you know, uh, interactions with, but um, my attorney, like I, I have a good relationship with my attorney and there are sometimes we hit little bumps in the road and, um, 
you know, that that's good to have for a business. Um, it's really finding people that have skill sets that you do not have um, to be like your sounding board. Um, I've learned really fast, the hard way oftentimes mm -hmm. is that you don't know what you don't know. And um, most of the times when I run into a problem, I will be able to say, you know what, I didn't know that. And so when I don't know what I don't know, that's when I seem to have problems. So it's really uh, that and continuing self-development, I would say. I Once I really started to work on myself, I, I started to go to therapy and um, also do a lot more continuing ed. I've taken coursework in servant leadership. Uh, I even went and did an outlier program and got certified as a project manager from UW Platteville, which it was so funny. I was like in this class with like uh, the one guy was a Sargento cheese manager. The other guy was like a Grady Foundation, like they were all over and then like, I was like, and I'm from the childcare industry. And they were like, what? <laughs> I love it. I love that. What you're bringing out right now is something that is so big for me because I don't want external validation of a certificate that yes. says you're now good enough yes. to do this. Mm -hmm. And what I love is that you didn't use any of the boundaries that society might've created or, or tried to put on you. And you're like, I want to learn project management uh -huh. because it's getting real and I need to figure this yeah. out. There's something I don't know. Exactly. I love yeah. it. So and it's just kind of like, I kind of liken it to just trying to pick up as many tools as I can in my toolbox. And um, sometimes just finding a tool that you don't even know how, how useful it's going to be until later and be like, oh yeah, that I did that. And this is what happened, you know, and I've got this skill now, or I have this knowledge or if I don't know the knowledge, I'll, I recognize it right away. I don't know this. I've got to find somebody who does know this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being very honest with yourself to say, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I got to find somebody that does. So I'm a, I'm a big talker. I'm a big, um, I like to, I like to ask a lot of questions um, because that's, that's the best way I learn. Right. Um, being curious. Yeah, very curious and, yeah. and trying to figure, figure it out. But um, I like to take information and then I like to say, well, uh, how do I make it work now for me? You know, it's not like, oh, you know, somebody says, here's the 10 step process, do it. I'll be like, okay, there's 10 steps, but like, what are my 10 steps now from those mm. 10 steps that they gave me? Cause it might not. You're being true to yourself in the process. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, even like when you're saying there's somebody else from, you know, manufacturing or the food industry and you're in there from childcare and you're like, okay, I need to make sure that this fits not just for me, but for my industry, yep. for who I am, for who our business is. Tell me a little bit about leadership. I've been studying this for a while now, and I'm really just starting to put together the pieces of how I was a leader at 18, but because I had a position of leadership because I hired someone but I didn't know I was a leader. And so I'm really interested in digging into conversations about when, I mean, there's entrepreneurship, which I don't even think we know sometimes that we're an entrepreneur mm -hmm. when we are. Yeah. And, and it's just like, no, I had this idea. Someone needed to do it. It was me. It was my calling. Yeah. Here I am. Yeah. And then there's like, oh, wait, now there's people that 
I need to lead myself first so that I can turn around and lead other people. And I don't even know what that looks right. like. What are some of the things that came up for you as you were exploring that? Yeah, I think leadership is probably the thing that I've studied the most in the last uh, three to five years. COVID uh, gave us a lot of time to have a little more headspace um, and so much more opportunities for online learning that were uh, not really available for, for before COVID. So uh, I have taken like a, a lot of um, like uh, I took a certificate from Viterbo on um, uh, a leadership, servant leadership and understanding. Um, and that's made a huge impact on the way I look at our business. I, I really uh, look at it. My teachers are the most important thing. It's not my customers. It, the children are important, too. But um, if I take care of my teachers and I do a really good job of that, um, my children and my families and my organization will be taken care of. So it's really being more centered on like how I don't and the whole uh, boss title or that I'm the boss. Like I actually tell staff, staff don't call me the boss. I, I don't I don't like that term. I'm not the boss. I'm here to help you um, get what you need for your classroom. I, I like to be called fun mom. If you if you want to call me something, I'm fun mom. I want to be the one that, you know, oh, you need more googly eyes? Let me go get you more googly eyes. You, you need this. You need that. You have an idea um, that, you know, maybe you want to go get two watermelons instead of just one. Okay, well, let's see if we can get that done. That's what I really want to be. I want to be a resource for um, our, our staff. There are times when I have to be the boss where we have to have crucial conversations. Um, but the way I've structured my leadership team is I have a couple of layers before you get to have to talk to me. So I'm really uh, interested in helping that person if they are having uh, maybe some performance issues, uh, let's get them more training. Let's see what's at the root cause of, of why they're falling off our ship um, and try to help help them um, as much as we can. Um, I, I take care of, I, I take as much time to get to know my employees, you know, and what interests them um, and, and kind of find their heart song. Um, a leader nowadays, especially with the top, the really tough, uh, job market and finding employees needs to stop focusing on themselves and needs to focus on those teams. And seriously, that since COVID has been like the biggest change in our culture is, is me with my leadership team understanding that our biggest asset is our teachers and, and making sure that they're taken care of um, and that they're feeling loved and that they're feeling supported. And when they're not, then we need to do something immediately to, to change that situation. That's awesome. And really you're in the people development business in a way. I mean, most of your clients are right. in that younger age, but technically you can be empowering, right. you know, your, your staff so that then they're turning around and empowering others. Is there anything that you found tools and resources that you would love for others to know about? Um, I, I would say, you know, I, I really like the Viterbo has a um, servant leadership program that um, they do a certificate, which uh, not, I didn't do the full uh, credential, but that is a, a really awesome uh, uh, resource to tap. Um, UW Platteville has uh, some really great resources for leaders as well. They will pop up 
some content um, that um, is really good to help enhance leadership skills, as well as um, UW-Madison's Small Business Development Center. I have uh, uh, taken as many courses that I can from them. Um, and they do things like, uh, I just recently took a class on like, how does succession plan, you know? So there's always um, lots of, I just feel like, think, you know, one of the things with COVID is it gave us so much more online learning um, available. Even Harvard Business School, which is my, I'm saving up for this. They actually have a leadership certificate. I think it's a 12 week class all online. But I mean, that's my goal for next year is to try to enroll in that certificate program. And then I'm going to get a Harvard sweatshirt. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> the goals that you're setting for yourself are so fun because you're getting to develop personally and, you know, creating just fun little goals. Like that's the things that we can celebrate don't have to be big. Right. It's just, the, it's the little things sometimes. Yeah. Oh, is there anything else that you feel has been left unsaid? I can't really think. I, I just really uh, want people to know that, you know, the road is never going to be easy um, as an entrepreneur, um, but it is always fun and challenging. And you've got to really, um, any hard times that you do come across, just try to figure out what that lesson was, because that's, that's what it was. You know, some people go to college and pay for tuition credits. I feel as an entrepreneur, our um, knowledge is the school of hard knocks sometimes, and that's the best way to learn. And, and you just got to keep reaching and giving back and asking questions. That's, that's the biggest thing. Figure it out. Mm, I love that. And I totally agree about the school of hard knocks. I <laughs> joke all the time that I didn't uh -huh. get the degree, but I definitely learned through the school of hard knocks. Yeah. Um, my marketing degree was that way, okay. like spending all kinds of money in radio when our business was not actually a radio based business. We were a relationship based business right. and there was just, it was not as transactional as um, sometimes radio ads or branding, you know, we didn't need the big brand, but anyway, yeah. so that was a uh, school of hard knocks, yeah. lots of tuition paid yeah. there. It's a good school, you know? <laughs> Yes. So, well, thank you so much for joining me. And I'm very excited about what you're creating, what you've created and really, um, just that you followed your calling, you know, that you followed that whisper to your heart and realized that it was you that was meant to solve the problem instead of looking for somebody else to solve the problem. Right. So thank you. Yep. And appreciate yep. it. Take care. Thank you for tuning in and to stay in touch, email us at info at business addicts, podcast.com.